Oh, praise the Lord, church. Somebody said, praise the Lord. Amen. I'm so thankful to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. God has been so faithful. I love Him tonight. And I appreciate God. I am extremely humbled. And I really mean that to be standing in this pulpit. One of my favorite preaching messages of my pastor is back in 1993 when he preached at General Conference. And I watched that YouTube. There's a lot of, there's maybe like 20 likes on there. 20 of them are probably me. I watch it over. I've got it memorized. And I look at that. You know why? Because I look at it and I say, that's my pastor. I said, that's my pastor. And I have the privilege to be under his ministry, to have him be my spiritual father. I don't hear anybody tonight. To be my spiritual father. And it is an absolute privilege to be here in Fort McMurray, in Tabernacle of Praise. So I give honor to you, Pastor Neil. I thank you for, for choosing and investing into me. At a young age, I look at all these young men as they come up and they preach. That was me not that long ago. Amen. I was Zachary's size and I couldn't even see over. Amen. What we're doing, we are investing into our young boys and our young girls. And God has a future and a purpose for them. I give honor to our First Lady, the mother of the church. I know she doesn't like me calling her that, but that's what she is to me. Amen. And I appreciate my pastor and his precious wife. My wife and I, we watch them and we, we admire them. And when, I, when my wife came from Tonga, she said there's only two ladies or three ladies she wants to be like. Sister Neil, my mother, and her mother. Amen. 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 And I want to be, amen, everything that God wants us to be. Amen. We're young, serving the Lord, but we serve a big God. He is powerful. And I am so thankful that I know Him. That I know Him. That He is my God. And I'm a child of the King. But we are but sons and daughters of the King of Kings tonight. Amen, somebody. Amen. And it is an absolute privilege to be ministering in the beautiful church of Athabasca. Amen. Shiloh Tabernacle, a daughter work of this great church. So we've all come home tonight. Is that all right? Amen. I'm so thankful. If you have your Bibles tonight, we could all stand for the reading of the Word. Amen. The Lord has given me a message a couple of days ago. This was just stirring in my heart. Amen. And there's just some, there's some messages that when God gives to you, it burns. It burns in your soul. And this is one of those messages. I don't know what God has planned for tonight, but one thing I know for sure is I want to be in the will of God. Amen. And I've learned a little while ago that no matter what God says, you just got to do it. Is that right, church? No matter what thought that He puts in your heart, no matter how crazy, how big, how small, how different, you just got to do it. And when you do it, God gets the glory. And I believe tonight that God has somebody in mind. There is somebody here tonight that God wants to speak to. I believe that with all of my heart. We have come to a conference of being uh, a spiritual 
uh, warriors. Amen. We have heard a lot of teaching. We've heard a lot of awesome teaching. And I've been talking to God in my head that God, it's not enough that I just hear it. I've got to put into application. It's not enough that I sit in a seminar and write a bunch of notes. It's not enough that I buy a drop card, but I've got to put into application what I have learned. And I don't know about you, but as for me in my house, I say, God, it's not enough that I've known up to this day, but tomorrow I've got to be different. It's not enough that I've come to here uh, with a level of understanding, but I've got to be different tomorrow. We've got to be effective, and I believe God has a word for us in 1 Samuel chapter 8, reading in verses 4, and we'll be reading a couple of scriptures tonight. I believe it is good to preach the word. Amen. To read the Word. Amen. I'm in awe of the Word of God. Every time when we read it, there's something fresh. 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 Oh, hallelujah. In 1 Samuel chapter 8, and we'll be reading in verse 4. Please read with me. Then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and came to Samuel unto Ramah and said unto him, Behold, thou art old. Thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. Somebody say all the nations. There's something very dangerous about wanting to be like all the nations. There's something very dangerous about wanting to be like all the other folks. But the Bible says, but the thing displeased Samuel. And we learned this weekend that the prophet is also known as a pastor. So the thing displeased the pastor. And they said, give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. And this is what the Lord said in verse 7. He says, hearken unto the voice of the people in all that they say unto thee. For they have not rejected thee. For they have, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. If we can just put our Bibles down for a little moment and we can just lift our hands and if we could just humble ourselves before the Almighty God this morning. Jesus, in this evening time, God, I am asking your Lord one more time to use me, God, in any way, in any shape or form, in any capacity, God. Lord, I humble myself to you, Lord, in this sacred desk. Oh, God, it is a privilege. It is a great honor. And I'm asking you, Lord, to take my mind, oh God. Take my mouth, oh Lord. Take the calves of my lips, oh God, that I speak to your precious people under the unction of the Holy Ghost. For there are they that are thirsty, and there are they that are hungry tonight. And oh God, you know the needs of the people. You know, Lord, what the needs are. And only you are able, only you are able to fulfill the longing, the desires in our hearts. And so, Lord, we say thank you for being our God. Help me pray, church. We say thank you, Lord, for being so faithful, for loving us 
unconditionally. And we approach you with all reverence tonight as we are about to eat of thy word. We have come to your table and we are in awe of you, Jesus. We love you tonight in Jesus' name. Now clap your hands unto the Lord and thank him for what he's already done. But thank him what he's about to do tonight. Thank him tonight. Come on, church. Somebody over here, thank him tonight. Thank him. Thank him for his excellent love. Thank him for his mercy. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. The Bible tells us that the children of Israel gathered together and they came to their pastor and they said, Pastor, you're getting a little old and your sons are no longer living the life. They're not following after God. And so we have noticed that other nations around us, they have kings. And we don't have king, a king to rule us. And so they asked him, would you uh, appoint over us a king? And so the Bible tells us that this displeased their pastor. And the Lord spoke to Samuel and said, don't worry about it. They have not rejected you, but they rejected me. I want to take you back a little bit. You see, it was God on Mount Sinai that gave them a covenant he told them I will be your God I will bring you through I will supply all your needs and church let me tell you that is exactly what God did he brought them over this Red Sea he brought them out of a wandering wilderness experience he brought them out of Moab he brought them over the Jordan he gave them the victory of the promised land and in all of that they were not satisfied that God in heaven was their king. They wanted a tangible king. But that's not what I'm preaching about tonight. That is not my topic tonight. We're going to move on. And so they, they asked for a king. And the Bible tells us that there was one young man. And if you look in your Bible in chapter 9, his name was Saul. And Saul was considered to be a very good man. In verse 1 it tells us he was a mighty man of power. In verse 2 a choice young man and goodly. We always want to be known as good. We always want to be known as somebody that has moral upright standards. We live a holiness lifestyle. We live a life that is clean and acceptable unto God. And it is a desire in us to be good. And so they looked at him and they noticed his goodliness. And they said, this looks pretty good. This looks like a king that could lead us. And everything, he was even shoulders, head and shoulders above the rest. He was everything they were looking for. And the Bible tells us that he was a choice young man. I don't know about you, but it's nice to be chosen a little first. It's not nice being chosen last. It's nice to be noticed. But let me tell you something. That there was something inside of the heart of Saul. If I can, if this is my title, that in each and every one of us there is a desire to be good. But we can have some secrets, Bishop. There can be some things hiding deep inside of us. There can be little seeds. Oh God, help me. There can be these little fragments, just little slivers. And if we're not careful, those little slivers, those little fragments, those little seeds can grow and they can grow and dominate and completely destroy your life. 
Now if I can just back up for a second. He was considered a humbled man. In chapter 9, and I won't go through everything, but if I can quickly put a synopsis to it. The Bible tells us in verses 19 of 1 Samuel chapter 9, Samuel answered Saul and said, I am the seer. Go up before me unto the high place. Jump down to verse 21, and Saul answered and said, Am I not a Benjamite of the smallest of the tribes? That is exactly the right answer. And who am I? What, 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 who am I to sit in such a high place? Am I not of the smallest of the tribes, the least of my families? Wherefore then speakest thou to me? Who am I, Samuel, the pastor, to speak to me and to say to go and sit in the high place? Who am I that I would be considered to sit in such a place of, of, of chiefest amongst them? You go further down into the book even in chapter 10 the Bible says in verse 9 God gave him another heart and all those signs came to pass that day things were looking good things were looking alright you see even even Samuel poured oil over him the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 10 verse 1 that he even kissed him bishop that he put oil on him which signifies the anointing and kissed him and Everything was going to be alright. Oh, the children of Israel, they were excited. We now have a good king that's going to lead us. We're no longer like the rest. We now have a tangible king that we can look at. And he's pretty good. He's humble. He's moral. He's upright. And everything's going to be alright. But let me remind somebody that God doesn't look on the outside. But God sees the heart. Let me tell you somebody... You may have come to church to not looking real pretty and cute. And you might have the rest of us fooled. But God knows the heart. If I can preach to somebody. Oh Lord. I don't want to be somebody that just looks good. But I want to be good on the inside. I don't want to be somebody that just has a mask of goodliness. But I want to be true to my God on the inside. Oh Lord. So the Bible tells us in chapter 13 of the, of the same book that Saul reigned one year and then he reigned two years. It was good for a little while. One year gone. If I can say this, no hiccups. Two years gone by, no hiccups. But if you don't take care of those little fragments on the inside one day or another it's gonna come out I said one day or another those little slivers that you've left dormant in your life they're gonna come out for the Bible says that Israel they were in a, a fearful situation in chapter 13 the Philistines were coming up against them 
And they didn't know what to do. In verse 6 it says, When the men of Israel saw that they were in a strait, for the people were in distress. You see, when people are in distress, they do crazy things. When people don't know where to go or what to do, they do crazy things. And the Bible tells us that they came to him. You're our good king. What are we going to do? You're our goodly king. What are we going to do? And this is where those fragments that Saul should have took care of, they raised their ugly head. Oh, if I can just preach tonight. The Bible says that when he went in verse 9 and saw he was supposed to wait for his pastor. I said Saul was supposed to wait for the man of God. Pastor, what do we do? It doesn't matter what position of ministry you're in. Bishop, what do we do? Bishop, what's the command? Bishop, where do we go? You just say the word, and we're going to do it. Mm. And so verse 11 says, And so on the morning that Saul put the people in three companies, and they came into the midst of the host in the morning watch, and slew the Ammonites until the heat of the day. And it came to pass that they which remained were scattered, so that the two of them were not left together. And the people said unto Samuel, Who is he that says, Shall Saul reign over us? Bring the men that we may put them to death. And Saul said, There shall not a man be put to death this day, for the day of the Lord hath brought the salvation in Israel. You see, everything can look all right, but if you go a little over and you see that Saul couldn't wait, he made a sacrifice of a burnt offering. This was reserved for the man of God. And the Bible says, And Samuel came after that Saul had already done it. Samuel came and he looked at Saul and Saul came and greet him as if everything was alright. You see, no matter how high you get, no matter how anointed you get, you still need a covering. No matter how powerful God uses you in gifts of interpretation and prophecy, we need a pastor. We have learned over the weekend that we can't even be saved without a pastor. I'm getting a little scared over the years when people think because I have been used mightily for God that I know no longer need a pastor. But let me tell somebody here today, if you're sitting under the sound of my voice, let me break a little bubble. You need a pastor in your life. Let me pop your head just a little bit. I don't care if you saw miracles. You still need a prophet in your life. See, because it was not just one, but not just two. See, they, there was a, a, a comfort zone where we, me and we and Prophet, we're working together. And, and can I, can I just, can I do this? And we, we, we we're just, we're in fellowship now. I don't necessarily have to stand on my toes when he comes around. Well, I'm a king and, and I'm pretty good. And so I think I can make this choice. I can make this burnt offering. And when the man of God came, he even ran out to him to greet him. And Samuel looked at him. And if you look at the Bible, he says, What have you done? 
Woo, Jesus. Oh, Lord. Look at verse 11. First Samuel chapter 13. And Samuel said, He didn't greet him as they prayed the Lord. Oh, you went on ahead without me. That's all right. He did not say that. And you will never hear that. If you go ahead of God, you will never hear that. If you go ahead of the man of God, you will never hear that. But rather Samuel said, What hast thou done? And Saul said, Because I saw, he made an excuse, that the people were scattered, the people were afraid, and that they came us not within the days appointed. You weren't here. Where were you? What took you so long? But that's never an excuse with God. You just gotta wait on the Lord. You just gotta, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. You may have a situation in your family, but wait on God. Don't try to fix it. Don't try to be your own pastor. Just wait on those. Some folks say, well, you know what, pastor's never there. He's always traveling. But friend, that's a lie from hell. That's a lie from the devil. I rebuke it in Jesus' name. God gave us a pastor. God gave us a prophet. And we've got to learn to wait on him. It didn't matter what his excuse was. Is that right, church? It didn't even matter that the people were afraid. You know what Sam, Saul, Saul should have said? He, he should have said this. Just wait. But, 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 so just wait. The prophet's coming. Just wait. There's going to come a word from the Lord. You just got to wait. You see, those were the little fragments down deep inside of his heart. There were things inside of him that were not right. And it came out in a time of test. In a situation that seemed bleak. You see, you're wondering, why am I being tested? Why am I going through these things? But let me tell you, if you just hold on to what's right, I promise you that God will make it up to you. Bishop, I remember a long time ago, you gave me some instruction. And I won't go into, into detail. At the time, I was just a young person. And I didn't understand it at all. But Bishop, you told me, don't you ask me to explain. Just do it. You see, in my little mind, I didn't understand it. But one thing I did understand is that it is better to obey. It is better to obey. And so that is exactly what I did. I obeyed the man of God. And because of that obedience, the covering of the Lord came over me. And I was in a situation where there was rebellion all over me. All around me, rather. Everywhere. And there was one person on the mission field that they were not of God. And they came to me and they said, I think we could work together. I know you believe in the oneness of God, but I still think we could work together. And Bishop, something got inside of me. I said, how can two walk together unless they agree? He said, I know you baptize in Jesus' name, but I don't think it's necessary that we have to agree on that. We can still come together and do the work of the Lord. And I went home and I begin to pray and I said God you didn't bring me out here in the mission field for me to lose my soul you didn't bring me all the way you see God will never put you in a place so that you will be destitute and defeated embarrassed no 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 God will give you exactly what you need you see I didn't understand the instruction but because of the obedience God will bring you through 
And so I went in prayer. And I said, God, this doesn't sound right. I need you to show me. I need you to show me exactly what is going on. I went to bed that night. My wife and I, we were just married. And the Lord gave me a vision. I saw this altar. It was disgusting. It was awful. There were these women dancing around this altar. And they were sacrificing, excuse me, baby dogs. And I was looking at this in my vision. I said, oh God, this is repulsive. This is disgusting. And there was this black smoke coming out of that altar. And it came right to my face. And the smoke became that man's face. And God immediately gave me a scripture in the book of Ephesians that there is only one God. There's only one Lord. There's only one faith. You'll go down a couple more scriptures and there cannot be unity unless you are in agreement of the faith. God was showing me, don't you dare connect with him. Don't you dare get saddled up to him. It looks pretty on the outside, but I'm showing you there's fragments on the inside. If you know what's best for you, don't you dare get connected with rebellion. I called my pastor on the phone. I said, Bishop, what does all this mean? He said, Brother Schilling, you may not know what it is, but in Nigeria, which is the chief capital of witchcraft in Africa, that is exactly what they do. The Bible says rebellion is as of witchcraft. That means if you're hanging around the builders, folks, let me tell you somebody, it's like you're dancing around an altar of disgusting, nasty habits. Let me tell you, I don't care how good they look on the outside. If they are your friend, then let me tell you, you're in for a shock of your life. Don't you get connected with that garbage. Don't you get connected with that deceit. That is not of God. I say that is not of God. Woo, Jesus, you made me see that. So I told her, I said, no, thanks for the offer. It ain't happening. I don't want anything that you have. I don't want any of it. And so our friendship completely annulled. I said, that's all right. You go your way, I'll go my way. I wasn't even sorry about it, Pastor. You know why? Because God showed me exactly what was happening in the spirit. And see, Saul could not wait for the man of God. You see, we got to learn to wait. And see, this was the beginning of his downfall. See, everything looks so good. But when you begin to disobey in one thing, it'll soon become two things. It'll soon become mm, three things. It'll soon become, ah, next thing you know, you're not even in the church anymore. How did I get out here? What happened to me? I was once in the choir, but now I'm in the bar. What's going on? Friend, let me tell you what's going on. It's because of that one little fragment that you didn't take care of you see this is no secret each and every one of us know within ourselves that little peace there is a peace that the devil knows and he can poke you on it so I, I, maybe I'm the only one in here that's not entirely holy until I get to heaven I'm perfected Woo, Jesus but there's things inside of us. And we put the good in the front. And said, look how holy I am. If you just look at this. You will see that I'm walking the street. In, but don't see the other side. But what I want God to see tonight. I want God to see the other side. 
and say, God, take care of me. God, I don't like that part of me. God, I don't like that little fragment in me. Take it out. Take it out of me. Because if you don't, it may not be one year. It may not be two years. It may not be three years. But just in a little while, say, let me tell you, it'll raise its ugly head. But I'm here to tell somebody that God has given us a message tonight. He wants to take care of the secret spots of our heart. You see, there are things inside of us. We have doors with rocks and staircases. We have secret cellars down to the right, to the left, that no one knows about. But God knows about it. And if we could be like Job tonight and say, God, I'm naked before you. God, I'm exposed before you. Take care of it, Lord, because I want to be saved. You may be seated. Mm, somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. You see, that little piece began to grow. The Lord gave him a chance and said, destroy all your enemies. And he didn't even obey God on that. He kept Agag alive. Mm. He said, why did you do that? I told you to remove every obstacle. You see, when we come to an altar of repentance, we're supposed to climb onto that altar. Grab the horns and say, God consume everything in me. But see, what's happening is I don't want that little part of me. I'm enjoying that little side. I just, mm, why do I have to go all that way? You know, it's not necessary. We're in 2014. Everyone's doing it. But let me tell you, that is a lie from the devil. And I rebuke that oh, in Jesus' name. Young people, let me talk to you tonight. There might be little fragments in your life. But until you get on a knee and an altar of repentance and you begin to talk to God... And he said, God, take everything out of me. Take all that is wrong, everything that is contrary. Everything that is not of you, take it out of me. For let me tell you, you, you are not sitting on that pew tonight just to take up space. You think you're pretty, uh, excuse me, you think you got it made because you're preaching now. And everybody thinks you're looking good, but see, God sees the heart. I'm talking like this because I was there, Bishop. I know. I remember going to school, and I sang in the choir. I directed, I did this and I did that, but there were things that God did not like. And he said, boy, unless you take care of it, you're not going anywhere. Unless you remove that little fragment out, that little sin, that little rebellion. Oh, I feel somebody over here needs to hear this. That little peace, if you don't get it out of your heart, you're going nowhere. Oh, Lord Jesus. See, he did not destroy Agag. He kept Agag alive. And that became a thorn to Israel. Why did you do that? Mm. He made an excuse again. Well, the people, the people, the people. And it just begins to snowball. The Bible tells us that things got so bad 
even though he was blessed with a kingdom, anointed to be preacher, even though he had followers, even though God even changed his heart, mm. even though there was a young man by the name of David rising up, that that didn't that didn't snap him right. You see, I, I, I've grown up in church, and there's just some folks I say, God, why can't they just see it? Can I can I talk like that? I remember I remember people that I loved. They used to sit in this church. I said, God, God, what's going on? What's happening? And see, sometimes God does things and He just says it's none of your business. You just leave it alone. You just make sure you're in. Did you hear that? In. Don't worry about everybody else. Just make sure that your life is aligning to this book. I don't care if your best friend is in or out. You make sure that your name is found in the book of life. Amen. And so when things got even a little dreary, the Bible tells us that he even went and sought after a familiar spirit. And that just blows my mind. If I can put that in today's perspective, we who know the oneness of God, who baptize in Jesus' name, God has opened our understanding to this beautiful book. He has exposed us to revelations. He has exposed us to His power. What Moses couldn't even see, Bishop, we are in it right now. Because Moses said, can I see your face? He said, Moses, if you see my face, you won't live. Just, just see the backside. But here we are in the presence of the Lord. To have known this truth. To have experienced this power. Everything that the prophets were prophesying for, pointing to the future. What we have was greater than what Isaiah had. What we have is greater than what the prophet Elijah had. Oh, someone help me tonight. I said what we have is even greater than what John the Baptist had. You see, God has given to us His Spirit. The same God in the book of Genesis who created the heavens and the earth. The same God that said, let there be light. And there was light. He said, I'm not satisfied just dwelling in tents anymore. I'm not satisfied just walking amongst them. I want to be in them. Is that right, Pastor? Oh, that's right. That's Bible tonight. And it's like Saul, who had known what it was to have access to God. To have known what it was to talk to the pastor. To have God give him instruction. All of a sudden when he needed instruction, he no longer had a connection with the man of God. He no longer had connection with God and he had to go to a familiar spirit. Witchcraft. Horrifying things. 
And I said to the Lord God, don't let that ever be our story. That we here tonight sitting on a beautiful padded pew. Who we who are experiencing the beautiful presence of God. But God, it matters to me how I finish. It matters to me that when you show up, that I'm not looking at a familiar spirit. I'm not singing a familiar song. I'm not talking about a familiar Godhead. I'm not talking about a familiar baptism but I'm preaching the only truth I'm testifying of the one and only true God you see I don't want to know about it I want to experience I don't want to just talk about it I want to be in it I don't want to just hear about it I want to know the power of God see what happened what happened to Saul how could that be he was a good person but because of those fragments those little seeds but I'm here to preach hope tonight. There's a man by the name of David. And we all know the story that he fell into sin. We are but flesh and we do sin. But it matters how we respond to our failure. Instead of making excuses. Turn to the book of Psalms, chapter 51. If you've never read it, read it before, let me read it to you now. In the book of Psalms, chapter 51, you see God appointed King David. And he fell into sin. And there's, there's a whole other message in that. We won't go into that. But what he did was, he made a mistake. But when you read in the book of Psalms, chapter 51, the Bible says in verse 1, Have mercy upon me oh God see I believe that oh was a long oh not a short oh oh God oh God no oh God have you ever said that before have you ever been in your prayer closet oh God according to thy loving kindness according to the multitude of thy tender mercies. This is what he said. Brought. <laughs> Brought out my transgressions. He did not say it was Israel's fault, but go ahead and forgive them too. He did not say they pressured me therefore Bathsheba was just too beautiful and I just couldn't help my he did not say that oh I'm talking to somebody he owned his failure for he says in verse 3 for I acknowledge my transgress somebody in here needs to acknowledge something ooh Jesus acknowledge the reality friend that there may be a little fragment in your life. But this little preacher here tonight, this young man is not here to preach doom and gloom. I'm here to preach hope to you. That you don't have to have the same story as Saul. You don't have to have the same ending as Saul. You don't have to go after familiar spirits. We see, the Bible is teaching us two different stories. You pick tonight. You pick your destiny. Which way do you want to go? 
Do you want to go after familiar spirits? Or do you want God to make you whole? Do you want God to completely transform you? Verse 6 says, Behold, thou desirest. Lord, I know what you want from me. All of us know that tonight. See, this morning was was a big crowd. Tonight's the church. We all know what God desires in our heart. Is that right, church? Each and every one of us know that there's a little voice inside. There's this little mm, conscience inside that you knew from a child that said, don't do that. Don't say that. And then somewhere in life, we ignore that voice. Somewhere that becomes numbed. And if I can just go a little further, even when we become Christians, that little voice becomes numbified. We brought it out. Well, I'm looking pretty good now. Everything's going pretty good. I can just leave that part alone. But David said, Thou desirest truth. Is your life truth tonight? We know the truth. But are you the truth? When you go to your workplace, are you truth? When people see you, is that really who you are? Oh, help me somebody. When you open your mouth, is that really who you are? But the Bible says, Thou desirest truth in the inward parts. And even in the hidden parts. Even in my secret chambers. Thou shalt make me to know wisdom. In other words, even in the areas that nobody, 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 nobody sees. You still want truth there. I said, He still wants truth there. Verse 10, create in me a clean heart. Oh God, renew a right spirit. You see, Saul was afraid of David. You know why? Because he behaved himself. He looked at David and said, that's what I should be. That's what I should be. And I know I'm not. And he bothers me. Some folks have issues with you and you don't know what you've done. But because you're living right, it bothers them. Can I say that? Oh, yes. It bothers them. You find folks that you can connect with. Mm. You see, another pastor came on by David. Nathan, you are the man. You see, it matters how we respond to his preaching. I said, it matters how we respond to the prophet when he came and told him a little story and told him that a rich man took of a poor man's sheep. Who is it? You are! And what did David do? He wrote Psalms 51. He fell on his face. He said, oh God, forgive me. Even though I'm king and I could even take the prophet's head off if I wanted to. I won't do that. Because I know that's God's anointed. I want to tell somebody tonight. That no matter what the man of God says. How good or how disciplinarian it may seem. It's because he loves us. 
We're living in a world today where people view discipline as hatred, and that is a lie. Discipline means they love you. And I need discipline. I said, I need it. Because I don't have it all together. I said, I need instruction. I need a prophet to tell me, you are the man. That's all I need. And he began to say, oh Lord, forgive me. Verse 12, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. You see, when you stray, you're no longer very happy. You pretend to be, but you're not. And we know it. You, 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 can, you can look it, you can play the part, but you truly are not happy because there's something wrong. And it's troubling you. And you know what you've got to do. But he says, restore. You can truly be happy, church. Saints, we truly can have joy. You truly can have happiness. The, spirit, the, the Bible says, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors. After I've learned my lesson, guess what I'm going to do? <laughs> I'm going to tell others how good he is. I'm going to tell others, you better listen to the man of God. After I've come through on the other side and God has kept me, I'm going to tell everybody, you've got to go to the top church. You've got to go to Tabitha. Mm, you don't know what you're missing. You see, I told you when I watched that YouTube, I said, that's my pastor. I said, that's my pastor. Oh, I'm bragging on my pastor tonight. Is that all right? We're here at a warrior's conference. Friend, I'm honoring the man of God tonight because he will lead us. He will direct us. He will direct our pathway to what is right. That's right. I will teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Verse 15, O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Somebody that can truly praise is somebody that has it right with God. Somebody that can truly worship is when they know they're right this way, and they're right this way. You can really have freedom. You truly can worship. You truly can just let it all just shout for God. But when something ain't right, there's a, there's a boundary there. There is a stumbling block there. I'm thankful for Sister Cheryl. Sister Cheryl, can you stand please? My God. I thank God for this youth leader. You know why? You know why, young people? Because she'd come to me after church and say, something's not right with you. Is that right, Sister Cheryl? That is exactly right. She said, what's wrong? What is your problem? You better get it right. You better get your spirit right. Because if you want to succeed, you better remove that stinging attitude now. And I thank God for that. I thank God for that. The others may say what they want, but I will testify of that discipline. And she learned that from right here. I get mad when some folks say things about the youth leader. You just watch it. Because that kind of teaching kept me. That kind of parenting kept me. 
I remember my mother coming down the stairs at one in the morning. Coming down the stairs. Open the door. In the name of Jesus. Sixteen, I'm laying in bed. Oh my God, what's happening? It's exactly what happened. So the Lord just showed me an evil spirit keeping on your body. Okay. And I'm praying it out of you. Pray, pray, pray. Pray this through. Where my sister is at. That's exactly what happened. Second floor, the window open. Get in here now and pray. We're on the playground. I didn't care what we were doing. We're playing cop and robbers. Get in here now and pray. That kept us. Where others might despise it, I love it. When Saul despised it, I love it. There's going to be a different crowd when Jesus comes. There's going to be another church that say, It'll be different the next time you come. Just wait and see. You see, when, when, when he came, the, the Jews despised him. He said, this is not our king. But when he comes the second time, after all the sins that have been exposed in the house of God, because the Bible says that judgment begins right here, and I thank God for it. Because when it's time on that day, I want my sins to be what? Oh, ever before me. That they don't trail behind me. That I don't have any secrets. When I stand before the Lord, here you go. Oh, Lord. You may be seated. If I can say this, I get these these images in my head. A pastor Neil standing there before God. With a beautiful gold scroll. Here you come next. What will he say? What account can be said? What account? I don't know if that's really going to happen. I don't know if that's going to have his gold scroll or not. But it looks good in my head. And that sounds good to me. But whatever God decides to do, what account can be given? Well done, that good and faithful. I said to the church the other day, there's some faithful saints, but they ain't good. You gotta be good and faithful. Look at your neighbor and say, you gotta be good and you gotta be faithful. Tell somebody else you gotta be faithful and you gotta be good. Oh, somebody clap your hands and say, he's talking about me tonight. You see, Ananias and Sapphira, everything looked alright. Even came to give offering. Offering time. And they came beautiful big sack of gold but there were seeds that were not taken care of where how did that happen so easily to lie to the Holy Ghost that even when it had an opportunity and the man of God said is this really all and she said it's all how did that happen they're saved Full of the Holy Ghost. The church has just been born. 3,000 souls have been added to the church. There were little seeds inside that were not taken care of. Little fragments that grew 
and took over. Because of that lie, they died. Peter said, you haven't lied to me, you've lied to God. You've lied to the Holy Ghost. I was asking the Lord, I said, God, why did you give me this message? Why, 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 why did you give me this, this type of message to preach? And he said, because there's somebody here tonight at the end of this warrior conference where you want to be that armor bearer. You desire it. You want it. You can taste it. You just want nothing else but to carry the briefcase of the pastor. But you won't get there unless you get rid of those little seeds. You'll never, you'll never truly obtain all that God has for you. Beautiful things. Beautiful things. If only you could see into the future all that God has for you. Blessings. Promises He's made to you. He's made those, those, those promises. But yet, if, if those little things continue to grow and germinate... Lord, impress in my heart. There's somebody that, that tonight is your night. To lay those fragments, those little seeds at this altar. And when you leave and you go out that door, you are completely different. You say, God, I've made up my mind. I am not going to end like Saul. I am not going to seek after a familiar spirit. I'm not going to rub shoulders with witchcraft. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to fellowship with Belial. I'm going to go home and sweep out my house. I'm going to go home and say like Joshua. As for me and my house. Kids, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to go to church and be faithful. And we're going to follow everything. Everything that is instructed to us. Guess what? We're going to do it. And you watch. Pastor told us many years ago. Go to certain people that are blessed and ask them, how'd you do it? That's exactly what I did. I marched straight up to Sister Kim. How'd you do it? You know what she said? I obeyed the pastor. I marched up to Sister Elsie. How'd you do it? Well, I just obeyed pastor. I marched up to Sister Cheryl. How'd you do it? I just followed the man of God. That's good enough for me. Two or three witnesses. It's all I need. I don't want the end like Saul. But I want to be like David. Oh my God. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Oh God, I'm crawling on that altar tonight and I'm asking you to utterly consume me. To take all of me. Completely take my life, my breath, my body. It is now yours. The job you gave me is now yours. The money you've given me is now yours. The children you've given to me they're now yours. The blessings, I give them back to you. To add to your kingdom. I want to see God's kingdom grow. I want to be a part 
of this kingdom. I want to be a part of this growth. I said, I'm so glad I'm a part of this church. You see, let me tell you, when I was overseas for five years, you know what I said? I've got to go back home. And others were saying, oh, no, no, no. you got to be a missionary. We want you. you got to do this. you got to do that. i got to go home. There's a pastor that I want to sit under. Uh, there's a pastor that I want him to teach me, to pour into me. There's a pastor that has some knowledge and understanding that I must have. I want it. I need it. I must have it. In order for my wife and I to survive, I must have it. In order for me to be saved, I must have that in my life. Is there anybody here that agrees with me tonight? Can you stand to your feet? There's a song that says, Consume me, Lord, with the fire of your spirit. Come on, somebody lift your hands. Consume me, Lord. Don't sing if you don't mean it. But if you mean it, sing it. Make me more like thee. This is what I want you to do. To break me. Then learn the broken pieces of my life. 